This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. And we'll go live in three, two. Hey, hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the Laravel News Podcast. It is episode 124. It is a Beautiful Saturday evening here. It was raining most of the day today, but that's okay. I went. I, I happened to go camping last night in a tent, so that made it a wonderful night for it to be raining all night long, all night long. In a, in a tent in the cold in a tent. outside. Yeah, sounds. Awful. Actually, it was like yeah, the temperature was perfect, dude. It was like I slept like a baby. That was great. Um, but yeah, the rain and and actually the tent proved its worth. It was waterproof. I mean, like I didn't have one drop of water inside the tent, so that was great. It was good. actually, I mean, as as miserable as that sounds, it actually was quite nice. It was, it worked out pretty well. So I suppose as long as you're undercover and you're not getting wet, and it's, you know, I mean, it can be, it can be raining in and a nice temperature. So let's, uh, yeah, it's all all good. So it's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, it was when fun. You, a good time when you with. when you said you're outside in the in the in a tent in the rain, I didn't really like the sound of that. So <laughs> what, did you go somewhere and camp, or just in the backyard? Or we did. Yeah, cool. yeah, no, we had a like at our church. There was like a father's on camping things. There was a bunch of dads and and kids out there. Mm-hmm. It was super fun. So, nice. went rode mountain bikes on some trails. Eric Barnes would have been proud. So that was fun. Did a couple little jumps. I don't, well, you know, I didn't want to take it too crazy. I didn't hit like the black diamond level jumps, but you know, just, <laughs> you just rolled. Ro- you didn't want to upstage anybody, right? You wanted to look. Didn't want to. Didn't want to ruin my tools. Sure. Right. <laughs> my. uh my money makers over here. Yeah, you know, you I was like, I think about that sometimes. It's like you break your arm, like you're out of work, like you're gonna be. That's not gonna be good. So uh, yeah, even I told even when to I was playing easy. basketball, just like yeah, even just a dislocated finger or a or a sprained finger or something like that, you'd be surprised how how much it affects your ability to do anything useful. For sure, for sure. I remember I broke my finger and soccer one time i was playing goalie i broke my finger and like Mm -hmm. that was when i was learning to type in junior high and that was bad yeah i I still type weird (laughs) still got like a splint on my finger it was a mess hey this is not the news you guys came to hear so we're going to get into the actual news which we are here to hear and uh we only have one release to share which is an important laravel security update so the laravel team released an important security update for laravel 6 and 7 so 618 and 722 with a planned security release for Laravel 5.5 LTS, forthcoming. And the recommendation is that you should update your applications to the latest patch release as soon as possible, especially if you happen to be using the cookie session driver. Now, as I read this blog post, what I believe is happening is that you have the possibility of a user being able to figure out what your app key is uh, or to essentially craft their own cookies uh, that your app would accept. So thankfully, Laravel does some really nice stuff for you in the background. One of the things that you want to be able to do is if you have values stored in the session or in the cookie, they're going to be signed typically by your app key that you have in Laravel so that somebody can't just change them out from under your application. Uh, but if you have a spot in your application where you take text from the user, encrypt it, and then later display that somewhere else, there was apparently enough information for them to be able to like reverse engineer and be able to create their own encrypted values that they could put into the cookie. So this update takes care of that. 
and stops that from being able to happen. So yeah, it's, it's an important one for sure. And if you're using the cookie driver, you should definitely, it's the cookie session driver, to be clear, you should yeah. definitely update this as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, which we end up we ended up doing this this uh, Friday. We we updated a couple, I believe. So beautiful. Yep, that's a, it's an important one. So check yeah. that out. Um, yeah, yeah. When I saw this one, I took it as an opportunity to go and fix up all my Dependabot configs, which had because we use Dependabot in GitLab, so we have to do it manually from the Dependabot script. That that is, you know, it's a it's an open source thing, but it doesn't have the integration with Dependabot.io like it does with GitHub. So that had been reporting errors for a little while so we took that as an opportunity to go and fix that up and and make sure that everything was up to date yeah definitely get get on it um and kudos to the laravel team for getting the fix out so quickly absolutely uh we also have some news going on here uh Mm -hmm. that was literally the only release we have so let's let's move on to news and we have awesome development um which is a new community as a a little like sub community of the laravel community that is correct. There is a growing community of women developers in the Laravel community. And Zuzana Kunchkova, Kunchkova, sorry, Zuzana, uh, has started Larabels, which is a community that focuses on reducing barriers for women to enter the world of technology. And it started earlier this week and was met with uh, the typical unhelpful responses, but overwhelmingly was it seriously? positive. Yeah, oh my gosh, was. I didn't see that. Yeah, no, I, I saw best... a bunch of I saw a bunch of like positive stuff. I didn't see I didn't see yeah. any negatives. I, I, no, I must have just came late to the party. Yeah, unfortunately, it was met with the the same pointless drivel that we see a lot when anything you know when there's any group that is not the you know just a normal genderless, colorless you know all that kind of stuff that happens. So it happens yeah, everywhere. Yeah. But I think uh, it was it was dealt with very well by by both Zuzana and by a lot of. A lot of the people in the community met, you know, all of that negativity. And Matt Stauffer was fantastic with it as well. So he's been assisting. And and as as you know, for those of you who don't know, Matt is uh, always looking out for new people and underrepresented groups and things like that. So um, Larabelle is a community that focuses on reducing barriers for women to enter the world of technology. They do this by encouraging more girls and women to consider a career in tech and by providing a safe space to feel welcome and supported, not just at the beginning of their development career, but throughout. Larabelle is aimed to make the world of Laravel development more accessible to women by promoting women and their accomplishments and projects, by providing networking and socializing opportunities, and by sharing resources. So it's already being sponsored by uh, the Laravel partner in Titan. So Matt Stauffer's company is, is backing it as well. You can check out the website for ways to get involved and please support them by following along on Twitter at PHP, sharing with friends and signing up to the newsletter on larabells.com. And um, it's a terrific initiative and I look to see it blossom in the future. Yeah. So I think one thing, honestly, that one of the first things I saw about it was Abigail Otwell, who was, of course, Taylor's um, wife. And so she tweeted and said, I think this is awesome as a woman going to a women's book club, a sewing club, a gym is just far more comfortable. So I don't know mm-hmm. why all these people are losing it over this, which I thought was like a great parallel. Right. I, I can totally see how if you're going to a gym with a bunch of like muscle head dudes, it would probably yeah. be a lot more comfortable if you just had like, hey, there's going to be a bunch of girls at this gym. Like, I'm going to go there. Right. They'd be more comfortable. Yep. So absolutely. I can totally see how in like a male dominated space it would be very intimidating as a woman to, to try and break into that and so to have other uh you know if to have camaraderie with other people who you know are the same gender as you i think could be obviously definitely. really helpful so definitely yeah so definitely get on board with supporting these these uh ladies and uh give them lots of love nice job 
Okay, we also have Laravel Homestead 11. Um, I have not used Homestead in quite a while, but I know there is still a faithful following of people who do. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the Laravel Homestead project released version 11, which is the next major version of this popular virtual machine for PHP development. So here's a couple uh, new things in this release. So you can enable or disable services. Uh, so right in your YAML file, you can say services colon enabled pass in your enabled ones and you can say disabled so like for example you could enable postgres and then disable mysql so it comes with a couple defaults but you can enable and disable them uh from starting by default so the release notes uh, provide a couple examples you can check that out they also have new default versions so homestead 11 ships with uh ubuntu 20.04 mysql 8 and node version 14 so those are new and then you can also generate a wildcard cert for a site you can use the wildcard option in the site's configuration. So when you're setting up that site, again, in your YAML file, you just have map foo dot test whatever to a folder that is on uh, your uh, Vagrant box. And then you can just say wildcard, yes. And that will generate a wildcard SSL for you so that you can uh, use HTTPS instead of HTTP when you're developing locally. So those are the most notable ones. There is a Homestead uh, release notes for version 11. You can find those in the show notes as well all right up to packages my friend uh just on that we will link up to the laravel podcast with matt stafford they went they had an episode recently well i say recently i'm very behind on my podcast so it was probably about a month ago but they had joe ferguson on who is responsible for maintaining homestead jose soto was on there talking about docker and i forget dr bite i think is his git github handle talking about laravel valet so i'm talking about different development environments and and how different approaches can work in different scenarios and things like that so we'll link that up in the show notes definitely have a listen to that one as well so onto packages as you said the first one that we have here is localizer it is a laravel package for wrapping routes in multiple locale prefixes um, so if you've ever needed to do any localization of your routes if you've wanted to have um, support for English as your default, but you've also wanted to support, say, German. So you'd have DE. So you'd have uh, your website, example.com slash, uh, slash about, and then you would have example.com slash DE slash about to handle the localization. This package allows you to easily handle that um, grouping and localization of your routes using a middleware, which will help simplify things so the package provides other configuration options such as the ability to define a default locale showing the locale in the url for the default and configuring available locales you can learn more about this package get the full installation instructions and view the source code on github we will have links to all of that in the show notes that's one of those problems that is actually very difficult to solve when you're when you're up against it i know the way we've solved it in the past is sort of to pass like a parameter as the last you know like a get uh, like a url parameter Mm -hmm. like lang equals and then like the country prefix or the language whatever it is i don't know that's not a prefix it's the language locale whatever right (laughs) whatever that two character thing is yeah (laughs) but it is nice if you're able to just say something like laravel.com slash language right so Mm -hmm. fr for french slash and then whatever the rest of the url would be and this does make it really really easy to do that so very nice Yes. Okay. We also have this inspect application configuration with a new package called LaraLens. So this is a package by Roberto Buti. Buti? Buti? Booty. I don't know. How do you say that? B-U-T-T-I? Buti. Booty. 
Roberto Butti. There Is we he go. Italian? Let's. I don't know. Let's go look. Let's go. Look He's from see. Italy, so yeah, I'm gonna go with Roberto Butti. Sounds good to me. Okay, so uh, what this does is it shows you the current configuration of your application. So here's the sort of uh, details you can get from this artisan command. It can list useful configuration variable, variables that you have, uh, your database connection details, tables within your database, the connection via HTTP request. So this package author explains his reasoning for creating this package in his readme, which I will read right now. So when I have a new Laravel application deployed deployed on my target server, usually I perform a list of commands in order to check the configuration, the connection to the database, inspect some tables, the response to the web server. I try to show more information in just one command. So this is useful also when the installation of your Laravel application is on-premises and someone else takes care of your configuration. So you can visualize all this information via the package's artisan command, and it has uh, a bunch of options. So all you have to do is you just say php artisan lens colon diagnostic, and then you can pass things like show config, show connection, show database, show runtime, show migration. Uh, and then, of course, if you only want to show one of them, you can just pass dash dash show equals database or something like that. I'm interested in hearing about, like, I think the use case he said maybe is in the situation in which you're not managing the config. Is that something like what your team would do, Michael, kind of in the way that you guys have things set up? Or do you actually end up deploying and setting your configuration things probably through ENV, I would assume, right? Like, do you guys handle setting the ENV values? Yeah, we we handle setting the environment variables and things like that as as a need so we we don't manage the the servers themselves so we don't do anything with security or anything like that but in terms of the applications that running on that are running on top of it and and configuring php and nginx we we manage all of that kind of stuff um so we we do have access to all of this configuration and things like that to get that up and running gotcha hey um this is an interesting thing to talk about real quick and just because I feel like this has helped me so much just in the last couple of years, maybe a year and a half, something like that. I'm assuming you guys probably use um, config cache when you're mm-hmm. deploying. Yeah. Yeah. So it took like I didn't realize that that was a thing for a while, or like I knew it was a thing, but I wasn't using it. So for any of you who might not be using config colon cache, PHP artisan config colon cache on on deploy, I would recommend it. And and here's the reason why. Uh, a couple probably is a couple actually full version releases ago, they made the decision that you should not have ENV values anywhere in your application, except for in your config files. Mm. Um, so at the time, I felt like that was it, it wasn't a huge deal. We didn't have a lot of ENVs scattered around our code base. But having kind of this heuristic passed down from the top to say like you shouldn't do this you should only put them in the config yeah. uh, was helpful i think because you could you could get those out of control a little bit mm-hmm. but as long as that's the case what you can do is you can do config cache on deploy and then what you don't have to worry about at all is changing your env values and having to worry about getting your deploy out right away because those env values are you know your app is dependent on those env values in the, yeah. in the production so this was really helpful for me because I'll have a pull request sitting out there ready to go and I'll have to modify some ENV values and I can, I can just modify them. No big deal because mm-hmm. they won't get changed until config cache gets called and then it will look at the ENV again to, yeah. to update those values. And then it also saves time because um, they're cached, right? So your, your ap- application on boot doesn't have to go read all those things from the, from the file system. It just has them in the cache. Yeah, that's um, correct. Yeah. So yeah, so that's been helpful. I, I, it's like one of those things I'm always thankful for when I have to change ENV values before before I uh, merge a pull request. I'm like, thank God for config cache. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, 
That one's for free. There you go. Beautiful. We have this thing about multi-tenant apps, a package yeah. in minutes. It says this is a in big, this is a big minutes. promise they have to deliver on here. How to make a Laravel app multi-tenant in minutes? This is a tutorial from Samuel Stansel, um, which helps guide you through getting your Laravel application into a multi-tenant state using the tenancy for Laravel package. The package itself allows you to turn any Laravel application into a multi-tenant application without having to rewrite any of your code. It's and plug. It's as plug and play as tenancy packages get. In the tutorials that Samuel has written, it goes through the most common setup, which is a multi-database tenancy on multiple domains. But if you have a different setup, it is possible. You just need to consult the documentation. So Samuel goes through how this all works, the installation steps that you need to follow, um, and then the two parts, the first being the separation of the app, the central app, which is used to host the landing page, maybe a central dashboard to manage your tenants and so on. And then the tenant app itself, which is the part that your, te- your, your users or your tenants use, which is most likely where all of the business logic lives. And then it gives you some instructions on how to test it out locally and get that up and running. Um, so definitely check that out if you have been musing over or struggling with getting your application into a multi-tenant state. It looks like a a nice, simple approach to get you started. So definitely check that out. We'll have links to it all in the show notes. I'm interested. In this case, he's talking about databases that are like 100% separated per mm-hmm. tenant. Is that correct? Correct. Would you say that that actually is the most common use case? Uh, I'm not I, sure if I. I'm not sure if I would say that's true. Maybe maybe it is in other circles. That's possible. Maybe that is possible. And I, I mean, think depending yeah. on the needs of your users, right? Some people yeah, require possibly, that they have a different database. Possibly in, yeah. in Samuel's experience, yeah. But I mean, I I would not do that if I was doing multi-tenant. I would just tenant based on an ID in the in the field. But you know, it depends on the size of your tenants and how much how much sure. separation they need and things like that. There may be compliance reasons why you're doing separate databases. So, yeah. In either case, whether it's multiple databases or or tenant IDs in a table, this this package sounds like it'll it'll handle both of, both of those scenarios fairly seamlessly for you. So, definitely check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, we then move on to a new package by our good friends at Spassi. Uh, so this is a Laravel schedule monitor package. And what it does is it monitors your schedule tasks by keeping a log of each time a task starts, ends, fails, or gets skipped. And a lot of this stuff is actually powered by these new events that have been pushed in by Michael uh, and by Freak over the last year or so. So Michael uh, pull requested one. Was Did you do the start one? I think you you pull requested an event that, that did start. Yeah, I did the start, finished, and skipped. And I, I put in the and error did handling. Failed. Yeah, I put in the error handling for the fail task, but I didn't think to throw an event in there. So Frank put that in a few weeks ago, which is in Laravel 7.19 and above. So if uh, if your task failed, it will fail, it will fire an event there as well. Yeah. So it works by keeping a record of your scheduled tasks in the database, which you can sync. And then um, let's see. Yeah. And then after you sync them, you can take a look at them. And then it basically will just log. Uh, whatever is happening, right, in those situations. So uh, whether it has ran, failed, skipped, ended, uh, it will it will log those for you. So pretty cool package for sure. Definitely check that out. Uh, and then we also have one more, which is web authentication for Laravel. This is yeah. a pretty cool one. And it's actually, yeah, maybe you can talk about this a little bit. You were actually talking about how much you hate magic, <laughs> magic passwords on Notion uh, just before this show started. Mm. Um, it is. Uh, so I don't know if this. 
it is offensive. I just want to type a password. I don't want to have to break out of the flow of logging into a page to go into my email client to wait for the email to be delivered to copy and paste the the random four-word password that it sends me. I just want to log in with my username and password. So that aside, this WebAuthN for Laravel is a package for authenticating users without passwords using their device, fingerprint, or other biometric data. The package validates the WebAuthN payload from devices using a custom user provider to authenticate users in Laravel. To tie this package together on the front end, it provides an optional JavaScript helper for handling registration and login via the WebAuthN W3 standard. And then the um, the Web Authentication API is a passwordless web browser standard adopted in various degrees by Firefox, Chrome, Edge, and other modern browsers. An excellent introduction to understanding web authentication is the guide to web authentication, which we will include in the show notes. It is at webauthn.guide. Get familiar with WebAuthn and evaluate the browser support before you do implement it in your application. If if you're finding that your users are not using these these modern browsers or the browsers that you're seeing lots of your users from don't support it, that'd be something to keep in mind. Um, but definitely check it out. You can learn more about the package, get the full installation instructions and view the source code on GitHub at darkghosthunter slash LaraPass. We will have links to it all in the show notes for you. Have you played with this at all? Well, no, I've, I've, I've heard about it, but not really done anything with it, no. Yeah, I feel like I've read this guide before, like this password, like this where it talks about a better alternative for securing our sensitive information online. I feel like I've read this entire article, maybe mm. twice actually before, <laughs> but I've never I never actually used it. Yeah. Okay. Um, it looks interesting though. It looks mm. interesting. Also, you know what I thought was cool is uh, recently I was doing something with Stripe and they wanted like second factor authentication, right? Mm-hmm. And you can use like Touch ID on your MacBook for that huh. second factor. There you go. Like in the web browser, which I thought was pretty cool. It's probably using this this web authentication library then, yeah. That's it. Yeah, it probably is. It was really handy. I mean, it's pretty cool though. You just like pop it up and it's like, yeah, swipe your mm-hmm. fingerprint. Straight through the browser. I couldn't believe it. It was pretty cool. Well, hey, as unbelievable as it sounds, we're, we're done. That was that's 22 it. minutes. That's it. That's all we got, folks. So thanks so much for tuning in. Michael, you got anything before we wrap it up? I have nothing further to add at this time. <laughs> so polite, you Aussies. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 124. You can find show notes for this episode at podcast.laravel-news.com slash 124. Head us up on Twitter with any questions you might have at Jacob Bennett and Michael Dorindo or at Laravel News. And we would really appreciate it if you could rate us up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be amazing. Most of all, though, just retweet it. Hit us up on Twitter. We love hearing from you guys and girls, Larabels. Uh, we'd love to talk to you and have a quick conversation, hear what you're up to. Uh, we didn't have anybody reach out last week with a Laravel-related uh, article. If you would have, we would have definitely given it a shout-out, even if it wasn't on the blog. We're looking for people to talk to us and tell us what they would like us, uh, what they would like to share, and we will do so. Just hit us up on Twitter and tell us. We'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. Thanks again. And until next time, my friends, stay healthy. Peace out. See you, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>